Don't Care If You Listen podcast with my mommy, Shawnee, and my auntie, Leonica. Have a great show. Thanks for listening, and may the force be with you. I don't care if you listen. I'm Shalini. She's Leonica. And we're trying to figure out what is going on. The guy who is in the White House today and has been and is running stuff, changing stuff, breaking stuff, doing stuff wrong all the way. Uh, His personal attorney is now basically saying that he's got all the evidence that we need to show that the president committed a felony. Are you surprised? No, and that's the thing. So last night we were watching Rachel Maddow, who we love to watch because she's awesome. The criminal court news that President Trump got today with his campaign chairman being found guilty on eight felony counts, eight felony counts, which should put him away for years in prison. And on the same day, at basically exactly the same moment, his longtime personal lawyer and longtime employee at his business also pleading guilty to eight felony counts which should also put him away for years in prison. And in the case of the president's longtime personal lawyer, his deal with prosecutors today not only included his own guilty pleas, it also included detailed descriptions and evidence of the president's own participation in the president, in fact, directing felony criminal behavior um, on the part of this defendant who has now pled guilty. And kind of getting the lowdown on what happened, you know. We were watching. Chris was falling asleep on the couch. And I was like, this is momentous. And he looked up. He was like, until they actually pull Trump out of the White House, I don't really care. And you know what? That's where I'm at now. Like, yep, that all happened. We can sit and talk about it. But A, it's not a surprise. B, I think it's really funny when people say, oh, you should just trust the system. The system is just meant to work for us. And, you know, you should just trust the system. And now here's the system actually doing what it's supposed to do, finding the bad guys. And now it's going to be, you know, I don't know if those system people are going to claim the same thing. It's like some living through a Nixon type of experience. It's definitely a Nixon experience. And you said the last show after Obama was there that the White House kind of had like it was tarnished. You know, that's how, you know, some people were feeling that the White House was tarnished. And that's what they meant by make America great again. Make it white again. This dude is putting his, you know, shit stain all over the Oval Office. He's the one who's demeaning the pure nature of the integrity of what that office is supposed to represent. Like, pooped all over the whole place. It needs to be fumigated. So what do you think is going to happen, Shell? What do we need to do to make people feel that democracy can rise again, that our country is still, well, we can't say still, but we'll once again regain our integrity? You know, What's it going to take? The part of me that's doom and gloom about all this isn't seeing the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to that and seeing that again. Because it's like people are just ignoring all these integrity issues. They're so blatantly ignoring. When they say your silence speaks volumes, like the people mm-hmm. that I know that have the power or the reach to make so much noise, aren't they're not doing it. Well, is it because this is what I heard through conversations with some of my friends that um, a lot of Trump supporters feel a lot of regret right now. But at the same time, they were feeling like, you know, at the time of the election, I definitely couldn't choose Clinton. Not with her reputation and her history. So they really thought that they were going to do something to improve the country. 
No, but now I can tell each and every one of them and the people who didn't vote that they are complicit in this disaster. I want to feel sorry for you and coddle you because you feel regret, but you are directly responsible for this mess and the downfall of our integrity as a nation. You who did not vote, you who voted for him, and even the people who went so far out of their way to splice off the Bernie love and the Hillary love, you we couldn't come together. We couldn't have one person. You guys are mathematicians and brilliant minds. You couldn't figure out that you can't break one in two and then make it into <laughs> as powerful as the other team. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. And that just ticks me off because I like Bernie. I was down with Bernie. Bernie's cool. But you, we had a responsibility to the future generations that we made this mess. We have got an unindicted co-conspirator in the Oval Office with the red button at his fingertips and everybody just going about their daily routine. And I don't hear enough people getting pissed off about it. And it scares me. Why are people pissed? Where's the Patriots? That is the question. Why aren't people pissed? I think some of them are ashamed and now they just don't know what to do. What do you think they should do? Should they come out in and... droves and say, I'm sorry and let's fix this in droves? Yeah. Come on, Patriots. Where are you? Wave your flag and defend your democracy against this nut job that has taken hold of us and is choking us to the ground. They're just, we're just sitting yeah. here. Do, 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 do. Oh, it's a felony? Oh, it's just a felony. Oh, do, 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 do. What the what? paid off porn stars. Come on. And you were getting on Barack about a tan suit. A tan suit. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, I don't even want to, I'm not, I don't want to be... The person in my generation that sounds like I'm so out of my mind, supportive of Barack Obama, that I'm so sad about his, you know, him leaving office. But the part that makes me sad is I became a parent. I wanted to teach my child what to look up to, what to want to strive for, what to want to become. And the presidential the president, space. The United States is not that person no. anymore. Everybody used to want their kids to grow up to be president, but now it's like, if you be the president, I'm going to give you a spanking. Right. You will go to time out. Right. <laughs> What's happening is so damaged and so like, you know, people are standing by this Trump support just based on trying to have it, make it a heritage thing. It's, you know, I'm proud of my, I'm proud of me. I'm proud of my cult. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't we want to teach people uh -huh. unity and love? What's that about? Yeah, yeah, and our new culture, our new love, right. the one that accepts all of us, the one that includes all of us, the one that respects all of us. Where is like, that? Re literally respects, not just talks about respecting, but yeah, that's the country we're supposed to have. Where did it go? It's gone. Peace, vamos, it's out. People don't want to pay attention. I mean, they've got their whole their heads in the sand. Their whole head is in the sand as they try to ignore what's going on because everybody's feeling helpless. Well, the people who screwed us over who by not voting, voting third party, or, you know, beating up the whole Hillary Bernie thing, or the people who just voted for him, like, you are complicit. You know, I look to you to either change something, say something, scream something, do something. They broke us. What about local elections do you think we can take control of local offices the county prosecutors the 
state representatives, state senators, do you think that if people go out and really get good, strong people in office that will make a difference, that the states can maybe combat the damage? I don't. You can go to the Oval Office committing a felony, and you can still change members of the Supreme Court when you've got felonious behavior as a president. I really don't believe anything at this point. I mean, I am so sorry. I really feel bad. (laughs) I'm so doom and gloom, but... And it's fantastic because I see all these Muslim candidates and, you know, black candidates and Indian candidates and Hispanic candidates and Latin, you know, and and Asian candidates. And, you know, you see them and you just get so like charged, like, yeah, we're here and this is our house too. This is what we do. And you get so charged when you see it. But then you see the campaign manager and his personal lawyer basically implicate him and people are still going about the day-to-day like nothing happened. So I don't know what my threshold is at this point. So who's supposed to impeach him? Like, do we need to go out and just like do recall elections and get new congressmen Doesn't... totally eradicate the House and the Senate and get new people to... Yes, we got to do that, but that's going to take time. And you know what he can do in time. Yeah. I mean, we've got we've, we've got to do that over a period of four years to kind of three years, two years to shift the trajectory enough to make it make a difference. And he's got the red button at his fingertips today. And when I say yeah. the, when I say the red button, I mean metaphorically. Like he's got the actual physical red button, literally, but he's also metaphorically like got the relationship of the nation with other countries in his hands. He's got the development of the nation and his businesses, you know, and in policies his in policies, the nation, right, and businesses. So in the meantime, like while all this is going on that we're trying to turn the Titanic. The reason I find it frustrating is because I'm generally a very solution-based thinker. Let's look for solutions. Yeah, you are. I really am. Like, I I don't want any nonsense. I don't want any BS. I just, let's salute. Let's solve. (laughs) Let's just fix. Fix. Right. Fix. Problem fixed. That's it. Yin-yang. Problem fixed, right? And if I can't fix it and I can't see a sign of fixing it, do you know that's why I started teaching kids music? Yeah, because that's one thing that's concrete, huh? And if I've given them this type of world to live in, because I'm you just... Gotta fix, you got to fix something back. I got to give them a way to cope. Yeah. I got to give them a way to appreciate this existence despite the nonsense that they're going to see, because it is straight up nonsense. Yeah, it is. I might as well give them a tool at a young age where they can use it because they're going to need it. It broke my heart when I got the email. And everybody gets it. The email from school saying your teachers did the shooter training or whatever. I don't want to read that. I don't want to read that shit. I'm not interested in reading that you did that. I mean... I appreciate you doing that because you have to... Wait until you get the note that the kids went into lockdown. Oh, hell no. And it happens. You might not even know until they come home from school that they have been locked down. Because somebody robbed a bank near their school or... I can't. uh, Whatever reason. A bomb threat. I can't. I literally cannot. I will vomit. And it's like, you you don't want to give kids all this technology, but I tell my son, you know what? I don't, I don't, I didn't buy your phone for YouTube. I bought your phone. So when you leave the house, I can contact you. Right. Period. Right. Keep it charged up. Make sure it's charged when you leave the, leave the house. I don't care if it's charged up when you go to sleep, 
But when you leave the house, it needs to be charged up so we can communicate because this world is unbelievable. I'm excited that you and I are doing this. I am too. It gives us a reason to connect, even though we don't need a reason to connect. And it feels like we're being productive. Like, I feel it's almost like, you know how people go to AA meetings? I feel like this is like going to a meeting for me. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I don't know, Shell. And that's why I said maybe we should talk about friendship, too, a little bit. Because I feel like I have a lot of people that I know. And I might interact with a lot of people and talk to people on a regular and consistent basis, but I don't really feel like I have a connection to those people like I do with you. And it's just kind of weird. It's like, you know, I don't have a lot of friends, but I have a ton of acquaintances. (laughs) You're preaching. You're totally preaching to the choir. You know that, right? Like, you know. Yeah, acquaintances. And I love people, but I don't even know how to get close to people anymore. And I don't even think. People my age know how to get close to people either because... It's true. You're not the only one feeling that way. Let me tell you that first of all. I genuinely blame social media for the demise of humanity. When I say humanity, I mean like the things that make us human. Like Mm -hmm. our sense of empathy, our sense of touch, our sense of compassion. I think that social media has kind of numbed that so much so... I think reality TV did it. Yeah, yeah, quite, could could be. And it for me, maybe it's even a cross of the two. Because yeah. everybody's so busy trying to show that their life is awesome that they're not realizing who's receiving that and how people are receiving it. And, you know, like the, there's the, the empathy and compassion side on the other, other side. People there. are vicious. Yeah. I mean, everybody, like, is trying to show the next person up. Everybody. I, expose someone, exploit someone, be better than someone. It's and get get to the top quick. Like we were talking about Amarosa last week and how she she was just totally all about me and how can I make something out of this that's gonna benefit me. Right. Not for the better of the people, not for the greater good of the world, but Me, 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 yeah. And me. Yeah, me. Let me come up and I well, there's this new show, Paris Hilton. I, I caught it the other night. I love the Vice Network, Viceland. I wish I could be on that network. By the way, Viceland, if anybody from Viceland is listening, I would love to be on your network. Paris Hilton has this show on there about social media stars and people and how they become social media stars and what it's like to live as a social media star. Everybody's a social media star. If they've got 5,000 mm-hmm. followers, 6,000 followers, 7,000 followers, they're a social media star. Now they get endorsements. So everybody thinks they are a star, which God bless you if it's making you money and putting money in your pocket and you enjoy it. But there's a piece of that where it's like we live in a world that is so overexposed that very little is sacred anymore. And I think that's why we're not having those strong connections that you were talking about. We're so overloaded on what we should Everything. be doing. Yeah, what we should be I mean, doing. What we video should be games. Yeah. I mean, video games are something else. Now, you you remember Grand Theft Auto and our whole episode with GTA with Dre. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So when my oldest son was a teenager, oh, he trick Shelly into getting him Grand Theft Auto, which if you don't know, is like one of the most gruesome video games that they make. It's literally about breaking the law and 
running from the police, killing people. But there's all kinds of sexualized things. Can I see? Can I defend myself? I'm mad at you. I said he tricked you. He knew that I did not approve of him playing with that game at that time, but he also knew that his godmommy loved him and would do whatever (laughs) would put a smile on his face. And I looked at him, and I was right. I looked at him as a responsible kid, and we had the conversation about the content. He's no stranger. He was no stranger to the content. He was playing the game at his boy's house anyway. It's not like he wasn't exposed to it. And I just figured, you know, in the grand scheme of the things that Dre's got to deal with, Grand Theft Auto is not going to hurt the little boy. And he was 13, you know, like he was old enough. Mm-hmm. He had a, he mm-hmm. had, he, and he still has a good head on his shoulders to this day. He does. He's he got does. a great head on his shoulders. He not hurt him at all. Right. But when I was growing up, they didn't have those types of images. And that, I mean... The message, the goal was never of anything was never to, you know, steal a car and kill a cop and get a prostitute. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I understand, but but I think that video games, like when we say things like, when I was growing up, we didn't have da-da-da-da-da, technology is changing. It's changing fast. It's happening fast. You know, people want the good that comes with technology, but they don't want to deal with the bad part that comes with it. Yeah, because you know? now we are seeing people get blowed up and shot up live. Yeah, and everybody's hooked like, on it. There is an addiction to social media. Legitimately an addiction. And violence. Yeah. You think? And all the... Girl, yeah. There's like a culture of people who all they do is, is go to... um. What's, what's the world star? Oh, that is. What's world star? You don't know what about oh, world star? You don't know about world stars? No, I don't know about world star. Okay. What's world star? It, it, it's just videos of fuckery. It's a website, all kinds of stuff on there, but people fight. And, and like if somebody gets knocked out, they'll scream world star because people are going to upload it to world star. And that's probably one of the ways that they Why do you consume that nonsense? Why are you watching that? I don't, but I know about it. Why? Why would anybody watch that? That's the reason that, see, it's because it sells. It's making somebody money. That's the only reason. Yeah, I'm sure the advertisers are getting money. Yeah, it's making somebody money. It's a culture. You got the world star. You got the reality TV shows. It's all about get over yeah everybody everybody's trying to make something out of nothing kim kardashian could do it why can't everybody do it yeah and let's glorify grimy yeah is that some dark is that like this stuff when they talk about the dark web is that that what the dark web is it probably is like a small corner of the dark web it's it's what will cross over i don't want to give them any more love than they're already getting exactly well it's just stuff like that that's why it's hard to find good friends because people have that type of mentality who wants to be friends with people like that where everybody's just trying to be a star and you know i told you i was watching that paris hilton show Mm -hmm. and this guy who's like a, a internet star he was doing a video and his friend kept calling and he was like man stop effing calling me man i'm trying to like do this i need to upload this like now and i was like damn well, if your dude wasn't calling you for help or something, because that was, like, <laughs> kind of mean. But, you know. feeling it. <laughs> yeah. I find it very hard to connect with people. Um, that's why I'm glad we're doing this, because I find it hard to live in this bubble of our... Authenticity. Dem- yeah, yeah, authenticity. Yeah, like, our, our world isn't in 
brave, having brave, grave issues. And if I can't be real with you on that, I don't feel like I can really be real with you on anything else. So building a deeper conversation, like, and just kind of being superficial and always kind of being superficial so that you don't hurt anybody's feelings or piss anybody off or, you know, mess up and say the wrong thing to the wrong people. Like it's exhausting. Girl, it's out of this world. If I could have a party of all the realest people in my world and just have like a weekend getaway with those people, it would be such a recharge for me. That's what I want. You remember Freak, you remember like Freaknik? I wish yes, I could have like yes. an updated Freaknik that was like not Freaknik. What would we call it? I don't know. Dopenik. No, because that would just right. like, but you know, Dopenik. Uh, Sweetnik. Lovenik. I don't know. Just some type of old school okay. love train. Yeah, a cross between a cross between Woodstock and Freaknik. Somewhere between Woodstock and to shift gears because you know we were talking about the violence and basically the policymakers in this country being um unindicted co-conspirators and in implicated of uh, felonious crimes in the white house <laughs> like what the uh, what's going on um but in just for the sake of conversation have you paid attention at all killer mike he is a pretty thoughtful dude and he's had some interesting things to say and he makes a point about guns and I think for the most part I'm pretty anti-gun generally just because I just generally don't like machines that can end lives but then you know I don't know I don't know how I feel about it all I guess I'm not really clear-cut on my gun views and I do know that gun for sport and assault rifles are two different stories. I don't understand why you need an assault rifle. I don't get that. I don't either. You Um, don't need an assault rifle. Yeah, like, I I don't understand what that's about. But Killer Mike has some interesting theories, and I I kind of, he makes me think about things. So I want to play this for you if I can pull this up. Okay, run it. Uh, I want to talk about a subject that is not in the news this week, which is guns. Because you can never talk about guns when it is in the news. Yeah. You know, in those rare weeks when we're not having a mass shooting, this is the time between shootings. Let's talk about it now. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, because you got into a little trouble when you were on NRA TV, and you said it was that walkout day when the Parkland kids were walking, were having a demonstration all over the country. Yeah. Kids walked out of school. Yeah. And you told your kids, we're a gun-owning family. Don't walk out of that school. We're not doing that. I said the next week, that's perfectly your right, right to say it. Yeah. And this, okay, I'm not going to start on the PC nonsense of yeah. not being able to speak your mind and diversity of thought, but yeah. we should have diversity of thought. And I think liberals are going to have to come to terms with the fact that uh, there's a racial component to this debate. Oh, yeah. Please. Amir Loggins and um, Christopher Petrella wrote about a week after my time on the Whipping Post about um, African-American and gun ownership. They wrote a 
uh, article in the Washington Post that said Killer might be right, might be right, and it specifically highlighted over the last three or four hundred years how gun laws were not only used against African Americans and indigenous populations, but created to control them. Uh, going back to the 1600s, if you had a gunsmith store, you were uh, any type of metalsmith, you could not work legally on an Indian's gun. Fast forward, you could. They had slave patrols. Well, no, not slave patrols. The slave was over. They had literally. They, they, they deputized all white citizens in Florida to be able to go into black households and take guns out arbitrarily, which lends itself to the depart, um, to, to the guy, I forgot his name, who was over the Department of Justice, saying that um, Anglo-American history was law enforcement. So pretty much if I'm a white man in America, you're telling me that by owning a gun, I am a part of law enforcement. What, does that, what happens because of that? You kill black children because they're not they're, they're because their music is loud what happens when you're in that involvement you track a black boy behind a building you engage him in a fight you begin to lose you murder him and then you are let off the hook because of stand your ground at the same time a black woman named sawatu um solomon Ra, solomon um, so, yeah salama Ra, is in detroit she is in an argument as people get in all the time in Detroit and Atlanta and towns other places where cars and people are involved, she feels as though she's threatened. She's about to be hit by a car. A car appears to, um, about to ram her. She pulls an unloaded pistol, makes a threat, same way they tell you to do this. If you see a bear coming, just make, you know, make whatever is threat and scared of you. She's now in jail for two years while seven months pregnant. She didn't engage. They were engaging one another. She didn't track a child. She didn't murder that child. She's not free. So what I was saying on NRA TV and any other TV that would have heard me is that for African-Americans to align themselves with the gun law lobby, stop and have a conversation with your allies and say this. These laws are going to affect us worst, and they're going to affect us first. If you put more police in, in school, you're going to see more African-American children engaged by police in a violent manner, the same way a little girl was slammed out of her desk, the same way a little girl was slammed at a pool party. And I'm simply saying to our allies, wait and let's talk about it, because laws that are introduced are going to affect my community worst and first. And I'd be a fool as a black person. Isn't it the case that, that the police... It's a matter of self-reliance. Police Absolutely. don't always show up. Absolutely. They're not going to. In the poorer neighborhoods. They're not going to show and up in poor neighborhoods. They're not going to show up in rural neighborhoods because we underfund our police forces. They lack the training they properly need, and we don't have the type of officers we need in the, in the community. I, I couldn't agree with you more in terms of equal rights. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it. that This is not a country that has distinguished itself with regard to equal rights on racial basis. But there's a difference between that point, I think, and maintaining that we have to get rid of assault weapons. We've got to have universal background checks. Well, I mean, that's, this is absolutely critical. This is, when you say that's absolutely... Why, why is that critical? Yeah, why is that Why critical? is that critical? Because it, it, one of the problems that gun people have with liberals talking about guns is that liberals don't know what they're talking about when at they're all. talking about guns. At all. I'm not a gun expert. I don't like guns. I've said many times I have a gun because self-reliance. Okay. And the police might not get there, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, I, there was, I think, only 400 deaths from all types of rifles last year. Absolutely. I, I don't know if that is the key issue. It's a big applause break for liberals when yep. you say assault weapons. But, but I, you know... The Virginia Tech shooting was the biggest one ever, handgun. I think, and that was a handgun. Uh, and and you're saying to a population of people, and you, I know you understand me on this, you're saying to a population of people, this guy's a tyrant, you're living under the tyrannical times, and you're comparing him to Adolf Hitler. 
when you do that to my community, I must take it seriously. I must take it seriously because not only am I seeing gun violence around crime and poverty in my community, I'm seeing officers of the state murder my children, murder my women. So when we start to say tyranny could never happen, if you're African-American, tyranny is happening now. Not happening... Yeah, so Killer Mike, that's a vantage point you don't hear very often when it comes to gun control. Well, that's because a lot of people don't think on their own. They just think what they've been told to think. Be careful before you jump on the anti-gun bandwagon, but I still, I don't know that I 100% am like, I don't think that I'm jumping on the Killer Mike bandwagon either. You know? No, I'm not either. Because people kill people who they are around. Yeah. So if you're around black people, black people going to kill, kill, kill you. You know what I mean? If yeah. you live around white people, white people are going to kill you. But I don't agree that there's no such thing as an assault weapon. Those automatic weapons that they, those rifles, AR-50s. <laughs> Did I say that right? I don't know. AR-15. I think it's 15. Yeah, I don't AR know. AR-15. I mean, I don't know. To me, once you get to the AR part, you, you know. Yeah. Right. What do you need that for? It affects any oppressed community. I'm more convinced now that we need women in leadership. And I know I was doom and gloom earlier. But I'm more uh -huh. convinced now that we need women in, in leadership than ever before. Because... Yeah. Um, now it needs to come down to the physiological. One woman would not want to put another woman's child at war. One woman would mm -hmm. not want to hurt another woman's child. We just, we're not built that way. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to talk me into having faith in the system ever again. Ever. I don't either. Like all these wars and stuff that are going, it's always for resources and stuff like that. Right yeah. now, I think we're over in the Middle East, Afghanistan, Iraq for drugs for because that's where the poppy fields are mm. and that's where they're getting the opiates to make the different medications and for heroin and i think that that's probably the biggest reasons that we haven't been able to get out of there you think the pharmaceutical the companies are you think the pharmaceutical companies are in bed with all that yes i do I do too, but I, that's why I don't, that's so crazy. I do. I do. I think, I think just, yeah. especially after watching movies like, um, American Gangster and seeing how the, the government, the military service was bringing over heroin back then. Yeah, totally. And that had a lot to do with what was going on over in Vietnam. This war that nobody still can explain what were we doing there and then you see stuff like that happening and and it's still happening yeah the pharmaceutical companies want all those opiates right our troops are guarding poppy seed fields and killing people over drugs a straight up conspiracy i think people at the highest level of governments can we get to the churches and religious organizations not paying taxes conversation yeah, that is interesting. Tell me your thoughts on that. So, April 16th, 2018, The Big Think, The Daily Microdose of Genius, and the article is called Why Churches Don't Pay Taxes and How Much Money the Public Could Gain if They Did. Mm -hmm. And 
What if we did tax churches? While these numbers are estimates based on a University of Tampa study, we could get up to $83.5 billion of additional revenue if religious institutions paid into the government's, government's coffers like the rest of us. That's not enough to get us universal health care, which could run from $1.38 billion to $2.8 trillion per year, according to ranging figures offered by Bernie Sanders and the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. But it could be almost enough in extreme, to end extreme poverty in the world not just in America, according to a report by Oxfam. I think that religious organizations should pay taxes. I um, was at a seminar at a local college earlier this year on the effects of oppression, inequities, racism on people's health and health care. But afterwards... There was a lady who said, well, it, it must have been like preaching to the choir to you. And I said, yeah, kind of. And she says to me, but the Bible says there will always be poor. So why should we give away our money? The Bible says there will always be poor people. <laughs> so what did you think about that? <laughs> I thought that was pretty typical and privileged thing to say. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know, because that's crazy. That's well, crazy. I mean, it, but basically, that's how people feel. Okay, so you're saying from the from the angle of feeding people. Okay, so all this article is saying that is that that's what could potentially be used to end world hunger. I'm not sure anyone's really presented it to all the religious organizations and said, "Look, if you start paying taxes, we'll feed the hungry." No one's ever gone and told them that. You know, right? Like that hasn't happened. But I think it's interesting. And I do think they should pay taxes. And I think there's too many of them. I think they're everywhere. Doesn't it well, seem so like they're, they're on that. every corner? I, it almost feels like there should be like per geographic area, there are only X amount of religious institutions that are tax-free allowed. The rest of mm -hmm. them have to pay taxes. Oh, that's a good idea. Or something to that effect. Yeah, because you probably don't even need to have a physical church now to <laughs> get exempt. Right. You could have an online. I bet there's a billion online churches. Oh, I can't even imagine. I can't even wow. imagine. So we agree. That's one of our solutions for the world. Let's stamp that. World solutions on the I don't care if you listen podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> That's one of our world Pay solutions. Those <laughs> We're going to fix it. We're just going to fix it all. Fix it, fix it, fix it. Because why, I mean, especially if the Constitution says separate state and separate churches. According to this article, it says, The idea for having churches tax-exempt is not new. It goes back to the times of the Roman Emperor Constantine, who gave the Christian church a pass on all taxes. Most of the original 13 American colonies gave tax relief to churches. Churches and other religious organizations are supposed to stay out of politics, but they usually hold indirect influence and often oh, endorse okay. particular and often endorse particular candidates. Yeah, they do. They all have those candidates come to the church. Making churches tax-exempt can also be considered an enforcement of the separation of church and state with the government not interfering in religious affairs. Not being yeah. taxed especially helps smaller churches, which would otherwise close due to their tiny budgets, which are dependent largely on donations. So churches are not alone with this benefit. Other religious organizations are treated like charities that provide social benefits to society. They tend to help the poor, work to reduce crime, and generally hold a positive influence over the community. You communities. know what? If they are tax exempt, they should be able to provide evidence that they are doing such. Those things that you said, providing some type of benefit to the community. 
I mean, but girl, that's red tape. In radio, you're supposed to, by law, you're supposed to use X amount of hours for public service. So they put it at 2 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and they have a public file at the front office that you could check. You know, they'll always find a way around that. If they can find a way to justify Lamborghinis and, you know, people will still give them their money. Uh, this article it was published April 16, 2018 from the Big Think why churches don't they pay give taxes. They the money because they're they're hoping that they'll get a ticket to eternity. Oh, the people oh, who the are people donating? That, You're saying the people yeah, who donate, the, yeah. Yeah. Girl, hold and on. 83.5 is what this study says we could get an additional revenue if religious institutions paid into the government's coffers. So it's like interesting yeah. how much people are willing to give up. They're, the people will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars if somebody's like, it's going to give you you know, ultimate peace or ultimate heaven or whatever it is you want to call or it. Or our tax shelter. Or a tax shelter. It's a donation. So you have to give a certain amount for it to be a write-off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you give it to the church. But is the church doing anything? I mean, because if I was as unethical without integrity as some people that I know, I could probably make a lot of money being a minister. I remember at one time in my life, I thought that I would be caught to the cloth, to the altar. And I totally see you doing that, too. It, be, I know. I would be bad at it. But be, he, but. But in good conscience, <laughs> could I, you know what I mean? I just. But here's a question. Could you, in your heart of hearts, do that for a living? If I believe that God was real, I could. But I'm an atheist, so no, I can't just take people money because I feel like it's giving them a false promise. It would be unethical for me to do that. Oh, ethics. It, ethics are so cute, Lee. You're so cute with your ethics. Seriously, I would be richer, I would be richer than, please, I could be president. Duh. <laughs> At this point... You know, when it comes to leading a country, our standards are really not, you know, we, we used to have Harvard as a standard and Yale as a standard, but Harvard and Yale are no longer standards. Mm -hmm. I hate the fact that Melania Trump's parents became citizens. Mm. That whole chain migration thing, I think that that's so crazy because I feel like that's as in your face as possible. That's she, how they do it. She did a, a, a live appearance and was talking about how bad it is to be a bully on social media that's just so laughable you can't even like especially after she wore that jacket um saying she didn't care <laughs> like really you put on a jacket nobody thought that was a bad idea they're so blatant about it girl i now you talk about so i wanted to be unethical i wanted to address her in a very unethical manner that day i really did she just Mm, mm, mm. This is not politics as usual. We've got a Twitter president. He just gets on Twitter every day. And now, you know, we were talking about all the businesses that I told you last week support mm -hmm. this guy. Nathan's Hot Dogs. Um, we found out support Trump. Obviously, the Koch brothers. New Balance, New Balance Shoes. Hobby Lobby. Chick-fil-A still has some um, anti- gay rhetoric in their they existence so i don't really go there inclusive no I know. and i really want some best sandwiches i know they're really good um yeah but they're not they're not nice people and then papa john's that's some nonsense mm -hmm. there home depot um walmart i just got some new stuff from wayfair and i really like <laughs> wayfair and their delivery is awesome and i really hope that they don't say anything dumb politically but i also want people to start standing up against this guy so how do i accommodate for all that <laughs> 
I go out of my way to support businesses that are anti him? Is that what I do? I mean, you can, but then how are you going to know? Because there's so many corporations that affiliations and how do you even go through the layers? I mean, mm-hmm. and there's so many parent companies and parent, parent companies and you get, yes. you get dizzy you in change it. Names and craft and Nestle and yep. proprietors. Yeah. And- yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that one is hard. I've always loved New Balance, especially once I started trying to get fit. That's one of the most comfortable shoes around. Yeah. And the Home Depot was right around the corner. Yeah. And Walmart is cheap as all get out. And I know. It's just really hard. And then sometimes you just don't even know. There are some things that you're not really going to have a choice. It makes me dizzy, but I try and do the best I can, I guess. Because I'm telling you, Wayfair better not come out and say anything dumb. Because I really enjoy their service and I think they're a great company. So if I find out that they're supporting some kind of nonsense, then I'm not going to be happy about it. Oh, wait, girl, have you been seeing these videos online about kids being sent home from school because of their hair? Girl, that's been going on forever. Right, like, right. But now it's on social media, right? No, it's been on social media. It's it's been going. Girl, okay, listen. Hampton University School of Business. Yeah. You can't wear braids or dreadlocks. Have never been able to do that. Sorry, it was totally random, by the way. I was just thought about that. I meant to ask you if you had seen that. Because I can't even watch it. It's kind of like the family separation thing. Watching these little these kids cry over some yeah. nonsense. Like, I can't even watch it. So I don't watch it. Like, I just scroll yeah. through. I scroll through real quick, say hi and go. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I started my hair blog. And yep. just started talking all this stuff about being natural, accepting yourself, yep. and educating people. Because... Why should I have to change the chemical composition of my hair to accommodate somebody else? I was born like this. I didn't ask to be like this. Nobody's changing their hair to look like mine just to get an interview. I would like to open our next show with you, your blog, why you started your blog, and this whole conversation about hair. In the Indian culture, in the Indian culture, there's the sick people who grow their hair long and they wear turbans. They're quite frequently mistaken for, you know, terrorist Muslims because they have their turbans on to the point where in my parents' neighborhood, there used to be this cute man who used to walk and he used to wear his turban. Uh, But since things have been getting sketchy, I've now seen him take his turban off and just wear like a baseball hat. And I know that he wears a turban. You know what I mean? Wow. That's if we... so sad. I know. But anyways, so can we open our next show with that conversation? Yeah, that'd be great. Aretha. Isn't that crazy? It is. one Lee. I can't pick one for sure you can just keep going I'll just keep going down this list like one after the other after the other
definitely was. Yeah, for sure. Respect, uh, rest in peace, Aretha Franklin. Because whoo, that was one of those. Um, I didn't think I would really be affected by it because you know she was older. I and... didn't either, but I was. I was too. I was All too. All the the medleys that they've been playing. It's like, Jane, I never heard that before. She was a little firecracker, a little hottie chick. No wonder she acted like she acted. She was, she was awesome. a straight diva. Yeah. We opened the show with another me feeling doom and gloom, and we now are going to be faced, until you and I chat again next week, we'll see what develops with, uh, what is it, what is the, the unindicted co-conspirator in the White House? We'll see what transpires. Maybe it's going to be some straight up, you know, Nixon stuff. I brought up the tan suit earlier that, you know, my president, the last real president that I'll ever respect at this point, he um, got a lot of guff about wearing a tan suit. And I try and think about that even being a real thing. Um, <laughs> right. Just because you got on a navy blue suit does not entitle you to treat people like you don't hear. You know, you talked about it being tarnished. And the White House definitely tarnished now. But I would like to leave this show feeling inspired by somebody that I respected. So... Oh. Uh, yeah. All right, see you next week. Here's a little inspiration. This is your victory. Now, I know you didn't do this just to win an election. I know you didn't do it for me. You did it because you understand the enormity of the task that lies ahead. It's the idea held by generations of citizens who believe that America is a constant work in progress believe that loving this country requires requires more than singing its praises or avoiding uncomfortable truths it requires the occasional disruption the willingness to speak out for what is right to shake up the status quo that's america facts evidence reason logic an understanding of science these are good things these are qualities you want in people making policy. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. I do have one final ask of you as your president. The same thing I asked when you took a chance on me eight years ago. I'm asking you to believe, not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can, Shell. We can. We will. We will. We got to. I don't care if you listen. See you next episode. Deuces.